Put that there. Oh, my time one? <laughs> All right. This morning we're reading in Hebrews chapter 3. And he go, the, the author of this book goes on and he is still giving a warning to Hebrew Christians to, to serve God with their whole heart and with their whole lives. And he points out how the nation of Israel failed in this chapter. And it wasn't that they weren't energetic. It wasn't that they weren't uh, a lot of things. But what they did fail to do was to act in faith. And that's something we want to see as we look through here. And I'm going to start reading back a little bit in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. So the devil had the power of death in his control. And I don't understand that. I guess I won't until I get to where I can ask the Lord himself how that came to be, you know. But he said that... Jesus took on himself the power, or took on himself flesh and blood. He became a man, like we are, so that he could do and understand our problems. He could do for us. Um, We'll see that as we go on reading here in verse 15. Uh, And deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. That's us that he's talking about here. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things, it behooved him, it it was proper for him, maybe we should say, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people, for all people. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, it was for those who would follow by faith. Not necessarily just Israel, but for all men. Verse 18 says, For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. That is, he's able to support them, to to guide them, to to direct them. He, He became a human being so that he could do that. That is interesting that that God thought it necessary for Jesus to become a human being and to suffer the temptations here on the earth and yet he did this without sinning which is 
even more exciting and, and, and impressive. He had suffered all the temptations that we do, and yet he was without sin. Chapter 3 goes on, and it says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, or that we confess, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in, his, in all his house. So he's talking about Jesus as compared with Moses. And he says that Jesus was faithful to him that appointed him, who was God the Father. So he says he was appointed by God the Father, and he is the um, apostle and high priest. Now, what is an apostle? How is Jesus an apostle? Anybody have an idea? An apostle is one that is chosen as a follower. Jesus was chosen by God as his follower. Is that, am I stretching that? I think that's how it is. He was the follower of God. He was the son of God. And as such, he became our high priest of our profession or of our confession. He's the one that we acknowledge as our high priest. And as such, he was faithful to him that appointed him to God the Father, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Now this is Jesus talking of him as a man. Inasmuch as he who hath builded a house hath more honor than the house. I, I tried to wrap my mind around that thought, but you know, I've, I built things. I was a cabinet maker, and I've built various things. And he says, he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. Jesus was there at the, at the creation of the world as the Son of God, and he took part in the creation to make it what it is, what we see. And so he has that honor. He says, for every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. You know, there's a difference there. There's a vast difference. And Jesus had more honor in that he is the one who built this with, with God the Father. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant, for a testimony of the things which were to be spoken after. The things that were said about Moses were true. He was a faithful servant, but he was still a servant. Verse 6 goes on. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope unto the end. What does that say? 
says, we have a part in this. He was part of the master plan of God. But Christ, as a son over his own house, he came here as a son of God to rule over this creation that he had a part in creating. But it says, whose house we are, we have, we are his house, we are his building, but we are if, notice that big word if, wow, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope unto the end. So it says we have a part in this and we have a responsibility to hold on to to our confidence in God. You know, this is this is where Israel failed. Out there in the wilderness, they said, "Oh, he drug us out of out of slavery, yes, but out here into the wilderness to die, no food, no water, no you know, no comforts, no garlic and onions back like we had soup back there in in Egypt. Now we're just out here to die." No confidence in God. God provided manna manna for them. Food that they didn't even know what it was. We don't know what it was to this day. Angel food. Angel food, whatever. Well, the word manna means, what is it? (laughs) They didn't know what it was. But God said, collect this stuff and eat it. And you feed a million people in a wilderness for how long? How long were they out there? Wow, 40 years. And they did well on it. They were nourished. They complained a lot. God sent, sent quail too, and they died eating the quail. They complained. They whined. They... They griped about what God had done for them. Boy, isn't that human nature. We have to be careful of that human nature. We have it too. We're afflicted with human nature. It's an affliction. It really is. It's a blessing and an affliction. So we have to hold fast our confidence, the rejoicing of the hope, firm unto the end. We have to realize that God is able to do what he has said he will do and act accordingly. That's the important part. Act accordingly. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. So he says, if, wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith. So he says this is the Holy Ghost saying this. We'll read back in Psalms that this is a quotation right out of the Old Testament. These three verses, seven through uh, 
through 10. And he says, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation. What is provocation? Trouble times? No. Persecution? No, provocation is, is doing something to provoke God. They provoked God you know, out there in the wilderness. He was providing for them. He brought them out with miracles. Dried the Red Sea so they could walk across on dry land and then killed their enemies as they tried to follow them. Uh, he provided food for them, provided so that their shoes didn't even wear out, their clothing didn't wear out. He led them with a fiery, cloudy pillar. All of this, miracles daily. And yet they complained, they whined. Human nature again, right? But it was provocation. He was provoked with them. He was pushed to anger with their lack of faith. Whoa. What about us? What about our faith? It says, what's that big word, if, up there? Uh, If we provide... If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end, they were sent, they were going to the promised land, a land that God had promised. And yet, they didn't hold fast to their faith. They didn't, they said, God's going to just leave us out here in the wilderness to die. God can't provide for us. This is what they said. What about our confidence? What about our hope? What of our rejoicing? Being glad that we're free. Free from Egypt. We've been freed from sin. Called out of the world to serve God in the church. And we need to hold fast our rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. The hope that God's word is true. We need to believe that and act accordingly. And he says, because of that, he says, today, if you will hear his voice, if you'll listen to God and hear what he's saying, don't harden your hearts, as in the day of provocation, when they tested, when they proved him, when they provoked him, to, when they irritated him so that he was angry with them. Do we do that? When we fail to have faith that God will take care of us, provide for us? He says, your, your father tempted me. They tested me uh, and, and provoked me out there in the wilderness. They, uh, they challenged God. Said, well, he's not going to be able to take care of us. We're out here all by ourselves, a million of them, out there in the wilderness. They were fed daily. He provided water for them. Which, for a million people, we've, 
we're on a water system there in Rocky Ford. The water has uranium in it. Beyond the testing that the EPA says is uh, reasonable, you have uranium in there. So we don't drink that water. We have to go get drinking water that's purified. And uh, it gets to be a chore. Just for the three of us to for drinking water. But God provided pure, clean drinking water all through that wilderness from the rock that followed them. The rock the rock followed them? That's what it says. Jesus was that rock. And the water of life flowed out to a million people in the wilderness. Can you imagine the, the amount of Water flowing, you would have to water that. Wow, isn't that exciting? Yes, it had to be. But this kind of miracles, and yet they complain, they whine, they man. They said, "We'd never do that." I've kind of wondered if those rivers are still there, or if they dried up afterwards, or what happened to the water. I. Couldn't tell you that. God will have to clue you. He'll have to tell us both about that. Say they didn't flow very far, they just become a river. Yep, and ice cold even in the summer. Yes, isn't that exciting? I mean, an artesian spring is an exciting thing to, to behold. You know, water coming up out of the earth and good tasting clean water that's amazing. A million people out there in the wilderness. He provided water for a million people. I mean, not just the men of war and all of their cattle and sheep and whatnot. Wow. Takes a lot of water to, to get water to a cow. <laughs> they had sheep and camels and horse. I don't know if they had horses. I don't recall horses out there. But anyway... I guess horses were kind of an animal of warfare, and they didn't have those. But here were all these people out there in the wilderness. Excuse me? Donkeys or birds. They, they may have had them for beasts of burden. Yeah. But verse 10 says, Wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways whoa they he said they they are doing things the wrong way he says i was grieved with them they should have known here i was doing miracles for them daily they should have understood that i'm able to do that <laughs> what about us God has provided for me in ways that I could not even have asked for. He has made my life 
something I wasn't able to do. Having had a brain injury at the age of five, I, you know, it, it set me back. I mean, I was just a kid, but I was sent back to square one. And, and yet, he has healed that brain injury over the years. It took time, but he has done it. Something I could not do, doctors didn't know how to do. In the 50s, they had no idea. They'd never seen a live brain at work. Never didn't know how it worked. We still are learning. Even though we've got the, our MRIs and, and CAT scans and all this, all this fancy stuff now, we're still just learning how the brain works. God made it work. He still does. He can still fix it when it's broken. I have, I'm living proof of that. So, he says, I was grieved with that generation and said, they, do, they always are, are wrong. They err in their heart. They're not, their thinking isn't right. Their attitudes aren't right. And they have not known my ways. They, they haven't even considered God's ways. So I swear in my wrath, God says, I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. That's why he cut them off. That's why we have, he, why he had to send Jesus again. I, I, know, I think that this was part of the plan. But they, he had to give Israel a chance, give them a, the opportunity to see what God can do and to believe and to trust him. And they failed. They erred in their hearts. So he says, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. That's us. He's talking to holy brethren, us. He said, he says, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ. Think, God has sent his son now to take care of us. When Israel failed, and now we have Jesus Christ who takes care of our needs. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Of um, how, how do we say when we depart? It's a lack of faith, a fault, saying God can't take care of Jesus can't take care of us. Like they said of God. What about us? Jesus, they said that the wages of sin is death. Yes. You know, that's, that's what going back over to that verse, that verse in chapter two is, it's saying, that's why Satan was 
over 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 power, master over death because had the power because of, this, of, of that of that sin you know yes uh, we see that you know from from the beginning the deception of Eve and, and Adam you see the the fall there and you see that time and time again perpetuated there that yes. when they they're not the, the Lord's people are not faithful or they you know don't look to Him for their provision and for their for their guidance and understanding what happens. Yes. They, they fail, you know. Yes. Satan said, oh, God's keeping something from you. He's not on your side. He's, you could be like God is. You could do anything you want if you just eat of that tree that he said not to eat of. That's temptation. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief or disbelief in departing from the living God. We don't want to have any part of that departing of, of, uh, of uh, forsaking. Maybe that's a word we need. Of forsaking the living God. Do we forsake God? Say, we'll find some other way. We'll eat of that a- apple <laughs> or whatever. You know, we'll, we'll find another way. God's, God's way isn't good enough for us. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is deceitful. Satan was deceitful there in the garden. He was telling a lie to get his way. Sin is deceitful. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Wait a minute. There's that big word if again. For we are made partakers of partners, if you will, with Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. He says we're made partners with Jesus. Not just that we... Oh, have a, an association with him or any have met him or something, but we are partners with him if we hold uh, hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. What was the beginning of our confidence in God? When we were saved, yes, absolutely. And we need to hold that confidence steadfast to the end. Trust God. And then a Here he's quoting again from Psalms. He says, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved 40 years? Who was it that God was upset with out there in the wilderness. All of those that died in the wilderness, all of those that were, what, 40 years or older, died out there in the wilderness. And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but them that believed not, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. It was their lack of faith that kept them from entering in. There were two that were 40 years old when they left Egypt that went into the land. 
Joshua and Caleb, two of the spies, they went into the land and they said, it's everything that God said. Every little bit of it that he said is true. And they brought back a cluster of grapes between the two of them that they took two people like carrying a deer on a pole or something, you know? It took two of them to carry this cluster of grapes coming back. They said, look, we, we brought proof back. It's exciting. The, the land flows with milk and honey, just like God said. We've, it's exciting, people. Let's go take it. God is with us. And the other spies that came back said, oh, but we're, we're puny in the sight of these people. They're giants in that land, and they're bigger than we are. And they aren't afraid of us, but, the, but they were. The people were afraid. They knew that God's people were coming and that God had provided for a million people and they were coming. It's like, I don't know, maybe like a swarm of locusts. Can you, you know, I, and it's, if you see the skies black with, with grasshoppers, I know what grasshoppers do. I saw it in my garden this summer. They ate, oh, I had some bean plants that were up about this tall. We're just putting on flowers. And the little grasshoppers, the little tiny ones, came and they just, as a horde, and they ate all the leaves and all the blossoms off of those beans. I don't like grasshoppers. <laughs> but the, the people of Canaan land could see all of these this millions of people coming across the the wilderness and uh, they were afraid they said god is providing for these people out there or they wouldn't wouldn't have made it this far they believed more than israel did and they were afraid well For some, when they had heard, did provoke. They, what did they do? They, they rebelled. That pro, pro, they provoked God. They rebelled against him and said, God can't do what he said he would do. He can't take us into this land. He can't provide for us. Who, whom was he grieved that 40 years? with them that sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness. That's verse 17 there. Those people's carcasses, their bodies, fell out there in the wilderness. They died because of their unbelief. Let's turn to the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 95. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is great, is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills, is his also. The sea is his. He made it, and his hands formed the dry land. 
O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the day of provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted and proved me and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with that generation, with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts. They have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. This is the quotation from this psalm that we see back here in the book of Hebrews. He's talking to Hebrew people who knew the psalms, who knew this psalm by heart. And he says, don't do the same as a Christian. Don't provoke God. Today, if you will hear, listen, pay attention to God, hear his word and believe. Act in in accordance with your belief, with your understanding. I'm going to read the next two verses in chapter 4 here. It says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left of entering in to his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. This was the difference. It wasn't mixed with faith. They they heard, yes, Hasn't, didn't Isaiah said, the word has gone out to all the world. But they haven't believed our report. What does it mean to believe? It's not just to say, oh yeah, well, that's probably so. Uh-uh, not at all. It's to act according to your belief. Faith in action is necessary. It's required of God. God requires that of us. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. That verse 12 there in chapter 3 is important. It's a warning. Take heed. Watch it. Be careful. Be diligent. To avoid doing the same thing that they did in the wilderness. I, I don't know how to say that any better than the Bible just said it. We need to be careful. We need to be careful because we have that same human nature that those that fell in the wilderness, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness. We have the same human nature. We need to be careful that we follow God Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. That's a what a warning. If we want to enter into the rest that God has for his people, we need to be diligent, to be faithful every day, constantly, because sin is sneaky, it's deceptive. 
And it can get us just the way it got them. And our bodies can fall in the wilderness as well as theirs did. We need to have faith like Joshua and Caleb had and say, yes, I look forward to that kingdom that God has promised. I want to be there. It's all that God has said it would be. Only two of those that left Egypt entered in. Even Moses didn't enter in because of the anger that he had. You know, we can, we can, get, we can see troubles in this world and we get angry too. But don't do things that you would regret later. What can I say beyond what the Word has said? We need to be careful, people, to serve God with our whole hearts, with our lives, with our actions, Amen. with our living for Him. Okay. It's, I'll stop right there.